Welcome to Machine Learning. Okay, I want to talk about mastering Python. Um, so I just got a book from Packet and on mastering Python. And I went through and was looking at the uh, first, first chapter, which was on managing your dependencies and setting up your environment. So one of the things that I like to use is uh, Conda and PIP3 for doing my installs. And I uh, was trying to get my Python scripts to run inside of uh, Power BI, and I'd set up my environments um, to do that. But I had upgraded my Python from 3.6 to 3.8 and really didn't think too much about the impact on that. I was just, you know, uh, did my, just did my uh, um, upgrade. And I discovered that my TensorFlow was broken. I went to run it, my my TensorFlow, it was broken and wasn't uh, properly processing because its dependencies now were were not working. So I went down the list and um, I had to upgrade my TensorFlow and also once I upgraded my TensorFlow, some of my imports didn't work. Like they changed how they did the embedding on the carrots. So I had to do the TensorFlow carrots and then import embeddings. Whereas before, I uh, think it was carrots layers uh, embeddings and then you imported embeddings. And so I switched that back to um, to the new one, uh, which was, uh, from TensorFlow, Keras, Layers, and then import embeddings. Well, because what I'm doing is uh, doing some uh, text analysis using a deep, deep learning network. Well, it uh, and embeddings is a is a good way to kind of generalize the words um, to bring multiple words together into one word. And it is often used in categorical analysis, trying to figure out what category the data is in. So the um, um, I had to once I got the TensorFlow working, there was some problems with SciPy. And so then I had to try to upgrade SciPy, and that broke my Seaborn. And so I had to um, get uh, SciPy, sklearn, matplotlib, and uh, Seaborn integrated to the next level. And, and there were some problems in some of my code. And, uh, uh, there were some dependencies that were broken. So what I'm saying is that it might, if you're working in an environment and you do an upgrade, 
you might want to have uh, your unit test run uh, against the upgrade to see if the environment is going to, with the upgrade is going to, to work. So you can, um, in this book he was talking about using a software called Poetry and a lock file. And, and what that Poetry and lock file did is it locked you into a certain configuration, so a certain version. And um, then you would know in your application that if you had a tab, you required specific versions for your code to run, that it would then create these dependency lists that you could then use um, to to run against your your code. And then if you move from machine to machine, then you could build your dependencies again for those particular versioning. And that and that was really important to be able to do that so that your code works in different environments. Um, and one way that they did that is that you could build a requirements document and you can use uh, PIP3 Python uh, installer and you can then uh, use the freeze command and output that to a requirements text or pipe it. It would probably be a better way of saying it. Pipe it to a requirements.txt. And then from using that requirements.txt, you can, it would then keep track of, um, of your particular environment. But that doesn't have anything to do with poetry. That's just the one way to to um, get your current configuration from your environment. So once you have your different environments, and that's what I was trying to do is I was trying to actually revert my code back to um, Python 3.3.6 so that my I didn't have to make any changes to my uh, TensorFlow code. But the if I had poetry installed, that probably would have been nice because then I could have used poetry to revert back to my previous dependencies. And so I'm going to look into uh, using that software. And then there's also, he talked about using PY environment. And I, th I found that was, uh, I saw some examples on Stack Overflow where they they use PY environment to, or P-Y-E-N-V, to uh, revert back to some previous versioning. Because what's going to happen is that you get, uh, you're going to have a, a complex code set with lots of different modules and things that you're you're going to be programming with, and you've got to be able to control the configuration on that. Now, what I find interesting is in um, C Sharp, the dependencies are managed by um, inside of the Visual Studio tree, and you can see your your different assemblies and and uh, and the dependent the dependent
dependencies then for those assemblies. And so that that's one way to control your versioning, and that's done automatically through your NuGet. So Python has something similar to that, where you can use Poetry to um, to build a lock file, and then that allows you to to check uh, the dependency tree, and so it it creates this dependency tree, and that way you don't have code that's broken because you have an upgrade that uh, may not support uh, different dependency versions. So I, I did see, like, for example, I read somewhere, I think it was on Stack Overflow, that uh, TensorFlow 2 was supported for our, uh, Python. I think it was 3.7 to 3.10. So there, and also there could be some bugs um, that are going to creep in, and you can find the hot fix, and maybe there's a, a Git repository, so you can install that version from the Git. And that was also one way to deal with patches that are fixes that are happening in the code base that um, allow you to to stay functional um, until the release is, is put out that you can upgrade to that release. Well, and I was also reading from a code magazine that I have, a coding magazine, and it was talking about Git and using um, stash, the stash command. So basically what the stash command allows you to do is um, to work on different ideas that are not going to go up into the Git repository. So you can you can put uh, your code into a stash and work on it and you can then jump over to another branch or um, and work on, maybe work on some code there, maybe you got a coding assignment that you're working on there, fix that, and then come back to your stash and then uh, uh, work on that before you put it into the repos, because you might be just trying out some different ideas. So I thought that that was kind of an interesting concept of the stash, and because usually what you do is, what I've done is I build a branch and I put my code in the branch and then I do I, I uh, uh, push that the, the, the changes up to the branch and then I, uh, I merge that branch into development or then I move merge development into master so I keep uh, development and master separate and that allows me to kind of have these multiple stages that I'm working on. And since I'm a single developer, I, I do all that, um, manage that by myself. And if I was working on a team, I'd be pulling the, or fetching the changes that the other team members are, um, uh, inputting and then 
using those those uh, inputs to get um, um, things to oh sorry I guess I was watching some things get the so I use the the um, merge to merge from development into master. So because get the GitHub is an open source concept where your work can work with multiple teams. Um, you can jump ahead in the stream, so it's keeping track of where that head position is in the stream. And then you can make changes where and wherever uh, the the team is moving, you can then merge your 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 code in back into the stream. So you just think of basically GitHub as uh, a stream and and where you're going to do. The merges and, and that's the same thing for like if you were doing hot fixes so you could you could take uh, your code from one point and everyone is moving ahead doing changes and then you're you do your hot fix and then you merge that hot fix back in at some point uh, into the stream while everyone has moved ahead and those changes now are reflected in the repository. So there is some complexity to the to the GitHub what you can do, and um, you know keeping your code in configured properly at different timing stages uh, allows you to utilize things like. Uh, stash so that basically stash is is not something that is going into your repo yet it's it's but that it can at some future point be, be brought into a um, commit and then you can add that to your repo um, whether it's a branch or its development or, or master or a hot fix. So uh, I did find that article kind of interesting on GitHub. Well, Python, it's uh, definitely a, an interesting language to uh, learn. And I'm, right now I'm going through reading about Jupyter uh, notes and lab. I might try Jupyter Lab. I haven't uh, done that yet. I've been kind of stuck in Jupyter Notes, and Notes was pretty powerful interpreter, and uh, and you can you can run the um, directly from the uh, Python environment also. Uh, 